0: Welcome in to the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. As a reminder, you can find this podcast on social media, on Instagram, at Backforth, Podca- Backforth Podcast, excuse me, uh, Twitter, at Backforth Pod. And uh, we're going to throw in some other
1: topics today that maybe we don't get enough love to, but... Um, we don't. We haven't given the NHL much love because the Golden Knights are in it. But uh, That's right. That's... That's on us. That's our bad. So we gotta. Um, the NHL playoffs are definitely just as entertaining as the uh, the NBA playoffs. Um, especially this this we'll get right into. it, Especially this Kings and Oilers series.
0: Yeah, Kings and Oilers. Uh, Kings winning last night five to four in OT. Now lead the series three to two over Edmonton, and uh, the series shifts back to LA. So the Kings have a chance to close out on home ice. I mean, is it sad to say that we're going to see the Kings go to the next round?
1: Yeah. Um, anyone who listens to this already knows our hatred for L.A. sports, and obviously the Kings and uh, the Kings and Golden Knights rivalry—that's already kind of pretty established. But um, you got to tip your hat off to L.A. You know, they did not make the playoffs last year, and you come into this season, and the Oilers are a really good team with one of the the best players in the league on their team, and Connor McDavid, and you have a three-two lead, and you're also two and one right now up in Edmonton they won game one there um and they won game was it game five or game four game Uh, five came five five, they won game five last night um so they're definitely uh um they're one and one at home I believe but they're also doing a very good job on 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 defending ice or on the road so I feel like that's what you got to do in any sport in any playoffs to make a run so um you'd find it hard to imagine they drop a game six to close it out at home at Staples center. Um, so the safe bet here is probably just to roll to Kings and it does sting a little bit. They advance to the next round, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they drop a game six at home. Yeah. I'm going to say the Kings win game six. If they lose game six, I like Edmonton to win
0: the series though. Um, I think if the Kings are going to close the series out, it has to be in game six. Yeah. Um, I always like to use of the rule of thumb that the team that forces a game seven typically wins game seven. Um, if that's the case, then that means Edmonton would have to win game six, and then I feel good about them going back home for a game seven. Um, but my gut tells me the series is done in six. The Kings win and they advance. Uh, looking at some other series in the Western Conference, the Blues in the wild, they played last night game five. Blues winning five to two and taking a three two series lead as that series. Now goes back to St. Louis, and similar to what the Kings in the uh, Edmonton series had, now the Blues have a 3-2 series lead, and they go home for
1: a game six. St. Louis, too. Mm -hmm. This is a team that just won the Stanley Cup just a few years ago. Um, Part of me is also rooting for the Minnesota Wild. Marc-Andre Fleury is now uh, with the Wild. It's very uh, strange to see him in a Wild jersey, but... Uh, a small part of me is definitely rooting for them. But, again, this is just another series with St. Louis coming back to home ice. Uh, this is a really good hockey team, I think, that had, what, 111 points around that area to finish out the year. Um, this, these are Stanley Cup contenders, and um, I think they know that you, know, you want to get that extra day of rest in and, and, and move on to the next round, so I think they're ready to close it out. Yeah, I, I'd probably say the Blues. Um, I'll take their
0: playoff pedigree and experience. In this one, I think this is one that gets closed out in six. Um, probably a close game six, but I, I do think St. Louis takes care of it at home, and they uh, they're in the next round uh, in the Western Conference. It, the Avalanche clean sweep of the Predators. I think two worst, nights ago. Worst name in hockey. Um, yeah, <laughs> the for worst,
1: the worst name in any of the Predators is. It's, I
0: wonder if their mascot is Chris Hansen. <laughs> 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 um, but. <laughs>
1: They yeah, gave them a great idea, man. I know
0: they. They should. Hey, if they decide to go with that idea, you you know um, we can. You got a copyright. It, I was gonna say that. we can work out some contract negotiations for sure. Uh, but the Avalanche, they do sweep the Predators 4 four zero, winning Game Four five to three in Nashville. They are in the next round already. Uh, but let's go over to the Eastern Conference now. We've got the Lightning and the Maple Leafs. Maybe one of the more talked about series around the league. And the Maple Leaves take a four-three lead. I actually watched a good portion of this game last night, and it was quite entertaining. I mean, the Lightning were up two-zero at one point. Uh, they the Maple Leaves come storming back, and now they win Game Five in Toronto, four-to-three. They take a three-two series lead as the series
1: shifts back to Tampa. I feel like the Maple Leafs are like the Dallas Cowboys of hockey. Like they always have like a solid team, but they just never, mm-hmm. they never make a real, a real run. And right now you're up three-two against a very good Tampa Bay team um, <clears throat> that's been very dominant over the last few years. So you feel like this is their chance out of you know they've got a better chance than they've had in the in the last few years. I think so. Um, I like them in six here. I think the Maple Leafs close it out. I'm not sure how far they go past this because it seems like they always. Choke whether it be in the semifinal or their their conference final, but um, nothing less. I mean, you have a a very a very good lead here against uh, one of the better teams in the NHL. I'm going Tampa in seven. Tampa in seven. I wouldn't wouldn't be surprising. Um, I I
0: at the end of the day, this is still the defending champ, two time defending champs, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they're not going to go down quietly. Um, they, I think they come back in with basically guns blazing in game six. Um, they really need to set that tone, uh, get the win obviously. And then if they get that, they have so much momentum going back on their side. I get that they're the road team in game seven, but I think a team as experienced in the playoffs as Tampa is with a goaltender, such as Andre Vasilevsky who has been standing on his head. I I think that is enough to overcome being the road team in game seven. And, um, it, it would fit perfectly with Toronto being kind of America's team, and they've been known historically to choke away series leads. Um, and, Toronto
1: being America's team. <laughs> yeah. I guess they're Canada's team technically,
0: um, but America likes to leech on to Toronto, and yeah. they, they like to make a big deal about them. I, I just smell a skunk in the water when it comes to this series. and Frauds. I, and I, I do think Tampa comes back and answers – Answers back, ties the series, and eventually wins it. Uh, looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, uh, the Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricane, uh, they played game five in Carolina last night. Carolina taking it pretty handily to Boston, 5-1. to one. They have a 3-2 series lead as the series goes back to Beantown.
1: I like Carolina in seven. This just seems like one of those series where no one's going to be able to win on the road. Carolina gets goes up two-zero. Uh, go back to Boston, they tied up at two, and then you go back to Carolina, and Carolina blows them up by four goals here. So um, I think this is one of these series where home ice really advan- um, really matters and plays to the advantage of the home team, obviously. So um, I think this goes to seven games. Boston, uh, I don't think Boston's going to lose a game six at TD Garden. Um, and we go to a game seven back in Carolina where I think they close it out, unfortunately, because that's who I'm kind of rooting for now because the Golden Knights are in so I was kind of rooting for Boston. But... I think they got the Joey curse with them, so they realized you were rooting for them. Yeah, I might just start rooting for LA now. That's right. Um, it's like the reverse psychology yeah. of
0: theory. Um, I don't want to say it, but I think it's going to happen. I think Carolina in six. Um, Boston's goaltending looks lost right now. They can't stop a puck to save their life, and their offense is not. I mean, their offense, quite frankly, has kind of looked anemic in this series for a you know good portion of it. I'm gonna go Carolina, I think they're I'm playing with not sure I understand. Thank you, Siri. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's why you get us you get us live by the way, and raw. Yeah. Um, To get Siri's in. Not the first time that. happened.
1: It happened last week with me with Siri. Yeah. Dude, um, and I wasn't even touching. It was that's the right. Phones all the way over here. And then, yeah. Um. Apparently, she has some
0: very interesting thoughts on Carolina and Buffalo, or uh, Carolina Boston, excuse me. She's
1: a big hockey fan because I think she, we were also talking about hockey last yeah, time. probably. Happened, so I think she's got a lot, she, a lot on she her she mind. She gets about really hockey. excited about hockey. I uh, think she might have to replace Dom as our uh, third co host. She'd be the uh, hockey expert. But.
0: Uh, No, no. I do think Carolina wins this in six. Uh, They have a lot of momentum on their side. Boston kind of feels like they're deflated in a sense and dejected. Um, Just not a whole lot of energy with them. I'm going to go Carolina in six, even though they do have to go to Boston and win on the road for a game six. Um, I I think they're more than capable of doing that. Uh, Looking now a little bit on the other side, we'll go to the association, give you that quick playoff update while we're in that kind of playoff update um, category, if you will, back and forth. Um, we've got a series lead now in the Suns and the Mavericks. The Suns have taken the 3-2 series lead with Game 6 going to be back in Dallas. They, the Suns won Game 5 pretty convincingly,
1: 110-80. to 80. The, ye- the Suns have to be the most annoying team in the NBA now. I think they're just toying with the Mavs. Well, no, it's like they are... They, they they have act they act like they won the finals last year and they act like they had something for a guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, It's just with their attitude or something. Like, yeah. I, I like I like I like the rivalries that are being built in the playoffs right now. I like that. Um, see, one of the one of the pros with LeBron not being in the playoffs, um, you know, everyone can say whatever they want with that LeBron and Golden State rivalry, but he was friends with everyone on that team. Yeah. LeBron's friends with a lot of people. That's kind of what I hate. Like the. As a Celtics fan, like the I don't hate the Lakers more than any team anymore because like, and I'm not trying to show I'm kind of throwing shit on them a little bit, but the Lakers just aren't. They're not dominant anymore. Like they're not in the they're not in a position where there's a rivalry. Like right the 42nd game of the NBA season, I'm not like tuned in. Yeah, we got we got to beat L.A. Man, this game like you know Ryder right. like yeah right. winner it's not a winner go home attitude or anything. Um, back to the NBA playoffs here though, so. I, I like the rivalries that are being built with Luka and and Devin Booker and the Suns and Mavericks. I like the Warriors and, and, and Memphis rivalry that's being built. That Celtics and Bucks series is getting heated. It's very physical. And um the Seventy Sixers and Heat also going at it. So I like this is I think this is the best NBA playoffs we had in a while. Um back to the Suns. Yeah, it's just something with their attitude um, and their kind of disrespect towards Luka, but how that, that attitude that Chris Paul and and Booker had towards him in that press conference it was very similar to what D-Wade and uh, LeBron did to Dirk Nowitzki at one time and had that work out for them. I'm pretty sure Dirk closed them out in six games. Dirk had, had a that, pretty little thing on his finger. Yeah, had that little flu game. Yeah. Um, in 2011. So, I hope it's the same scenario here for the for the Mavericks and that sucks cuz I really like Chris Paul. And I really root, I really want to root for Chris Paul. I want to see him get a ring, but I cannot root for uh um the Suns teams right now anymore. So, I hope the Mavericks close it out in 7. Will they close out in 7? Does it get to 7? It gets to 7. Um they're going to you'll get a revenge game back in Dallas, I think. And um it, it, it's again one of those series where home court it really matters Um, and I think Phoenix probably closes it out in game 7 back in um, Phoenix however if they play Golden State which I think they inevitably do I don't think they make it past Golden State I think Golden State is still going to come out of the Western Conference um, but I hope we get a 7 game series out of this and I think we will but uh, the Suns will probably close it on 7 games. I'm going to go Suns in 6. I just I I think
0: game 6 is really close. I don't think we're seeing another 30 point blowout by the Suns I do think, though, that the Suns, Chris Paul's been here enough to now know that, like, I mean, this is this is the time where, you know, um, you have to really play your best basketball and, you know, put all your chips to the center of the table, essentially. Chris Paul's been in plenty of closeout situations before, and he's, ended up not closing out a lot of those times, um, whether it was, it was uh, you know, having a 3-1 series lead and losing the series. Now that the Suns are up 3-2, um, I'm pretty sure Chris Paul is going to be making the Suns well aware that we are one win away from going to the Western Conference Final. Um, yes, it's a road trip, but, you know, at the end of the day, they have to take care of business. I don't feel great about this. the Suns winning the series if it goes to seven. I think the Suns, they've got the momentum on their side right now. They have to close this out in six almost uh, for them. To, for me to feel really good about it. Um, I could see the Suns winning game six probably by four or five points. Like, that's how close this is going to be, probably decided by some free throws at the end. Uh, the Mavs are going to—if they're going to go down, they're going to go down swinging, though. Like, they, they kind of always have been. They've always been a really competitive team. Um and quite frankly, that game last night was fairly competitive for most of it. And then, the you know, a little bit of the second half just kind of got away from Dallas. But um, for a good portion there, they were putting up a decent fight against the Suns. Um, but, again, I, I think the Suns win this in six. It's a close game six. But we do talk about the Suns being in the Western Conference Final. And now, uh, looking at the other game five that was played last night, Miami and Philadelphia... Another blowout for uh, the NBA last night. It was the Heat winning 120 to 85. Joel Embiid went down with a uh, what seemed to be maybe a re-aggravated face injury. I'm not yeah. Quite he sure. got hit
1: in the face. He has a fractured face to start, yeah. and then he got hit in the face with a ball. Yeah. Um. So that looked like it. He he was he was in pain there. You could clearly tell. I mean, is this It feels like this is done in six the heat are also without Lari, but they still won last night without him you're going back to philly i'm going to have to go with miami and six as well um yeah philly philly's just kind of james harden is he he got in a little bit of a rhythm in game uh four game 5 you didn't really see that dominant you really have not just seen that that same james harden in philly and like i said i feel like it has a lot to do with how he spent the last few years of his career you know you go from houston you're literally the number one scoring option to the point where uh, your MVP season, you're putting up 36 points a game. And I don't think people understand how how insane that is. At, the, at an NBA level to be putting up 36 points a game, you go to Brooklyn, you have to share the spotlight with two uh, other ball-dominant superstars. And then you go over to Philly um, where you obviously have to share that talent with Joel Embiid. So I don't think he's really had to do that before because in Houston – Um, I mean, he had to do it in Oklahoma City, but his role was much different there. He was coming off the bench, and he was never that established star until he got to Houston. Um, And in Houston, the most he had to share the ball with was Chris Paul, but Chris Paul is a a pass point guard before shoot point guard um, before anything. So I think that's just kind of what James Harden has to get used to, and I think that's kind of what is playing into his struggles here in Philadelphia. Um, But until James Harden can score at the level he was scoring at and – Joel Embiid not being healthy, um, it's hard to uh, really wrap your mind around the the 76ers winning this series. So I'll have to go with the Heat and Six.
0: Yeah. Um, Without Joel Embiid, the Sixers team is quite frankly lost, and they haven't looked competitive at all without Embiid in the lineup. Um, I'm going to go Heat and Six, pretty cut and dry, pretty simple. Now, before we get out of here, we got uh, an interesting story that came up this morning, uh, from the Brooklyn Nets, their GM was uh, being interviewed, and he was being asked about uh,
1: Kyrie's future with a team. Yeah, in which um, he was asked, "Are the Nets committed to Kyrie Irving long term?" And he responded with, "He has some decisions to make on his own. We're looking for a guy that wants to be uh, that wants to be bigger than them. Um, so do with that information as you will." Um, I he did not say we don't want Kyrie here, but It's pretty easy. Um, Most GMs, when they're asked about their star players like that, they give a pretty definite answer and like, of course we want him back here. And he did not give that answer with Kyrie Irving. I truly believe Kyrie wants to return to Brooklyn. Um, He's from that area. Um, He wants to play with KD. He has everything he wants there. But I do not think the feeling is mutual on the other end. Uh, Again, I don't work with the Nets organization. I don't know what's going on in there, but I think that quote kind of speaks for itself. And also beginning of the season, um, telling Kyrie that he could not play. Um, he could not be a part-time player the beginning half of the season. Um, it feels like they've had a very uh, rocky year together, both the front office and Kyrie Irving. And um, I, I, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they'll be willing to spend a two two $200 million on Kyrie Irving this year over the next five years. Um, based on how the last few years have gone um, during his stint in Brooklyn and that's something I said I can't blame him for that's me and Matt talked about it a few weeks ago uh, if you're the next GM would you be willing to spend I think it's million dollars on Kyrie Irving over the next few years and uh, we both gave a pretty clear answer which is no so um, maybe they can work out a, a one year or two year deal maybe he ends up staying but I also don't think Kyrie's an idiot and Kyrie knows that he can get that money this offseason, whether it's with Brooklyn or another team. And there's no way he can be he can want to be in Brooklyn that bad where he's gonna lose out on hundreds of millions of dollars. So I think that's kind of um, what's going to keep him um, out of Brooklyn this year is is, is that contract. And um, somewhere else is going to be willing to give it to him. And I think that's where he's going to end up. And I can't say I blame Kyrie for that decision, and I can't say I blame the Nets for not wanting to give him that money. So, um, my my prediction is that he won't be he won't be a Brooklyn that come opening night of the 2022 2023 season.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think look, Brooklyn is at the point now; they're they're pretty much done with Kyrie. They're they're are done with Ben Simmons for sure, and they're pretty much done with Kyrie Irving, um, and rightfully so. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, I get these are people that KD wanted and brought into the organization, but I, I think kind of similar to when we talked about the Lakers not too long ago about LeBron might have to make some tough decisions when it comes to the roster, um, as far as letting some of those quote-unquote friends go, um, I think Kevin Durant's kind of faced with the similar situation where I, I get Kay, you know Kyrie's probably one of his friends and Ben Simmons is one of his friends, but I mean, you, you then have to kind of look at Kevin Durant. If you're the GM and you have to go, at the end of the day, Kyrie hasn't played all that much and Ben Simmons hasn't even played a game for us yet.
1: The thing is, though, where does that leave KD, though? Like, do you think KD is going to be like, no, I understand. Like, we got to go out and get whoever we got to get. Or is KD going to be like... I, I, I mean, it depends on where KD's at as far as his list of priorities. If yeah. he's
0: about winning, then I think he would understand where Brooklyn's coming from. And I think rightfully so. Um, you know, hey, Kevin, we can get you somebody that is, you know, proven to be more reliable on the court as far as, you know, playing games, uh, being a good team player, being about the team. And chances are they're probably going to be cheaper um, than what we're paying for Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. Uh, we can get you a lot of those guys. We can bring in us, you know, somewhat superstar. Maybe somebody like a Zach Levine we can bring in for you. Um, who, again, if we're getting getting rid of Ben Simmons and we're getting rid of Kyrie Irving, that's opening up a lot of cap space for that to happen. Right. Um, so there's a lot of different directions. If I'm the Nets, I'm really trying to convince Kevin Durant that this is the best choice for him, and it's the best choice overall for the team because. Um, as much as I, th- I think Kyrie Irving has been valuable to the Nets when he does play, when he doesn't play, I feel like it's just outweighing those, you know, few positives that he does have. Um, and... It hurt them this year. I would say, and both feel like, you know, Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, they kind of feel like cancers a little bit to the Nets as far as uh, distractions and...
1: Well, um, at least Kyrie played a few games. That's the thing. Like,
0: <laughs> he, did, he did play a few. And granted, to his credit, I mean, when he played, he he played up to Kyrie Irving, sta- Irving yeah. standards, but he also missed a great portion of the series or the season where Kevin Durant was kind of just like left out to dry a little bit and he had to kind of carry the load himself.
1: And then Katie getting hurt and then you're at the point where you don't have you don't have both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um you know, definitely it, it screwed up their season cuz at one point the Nets were first in the east and then they fell to 10th and then they climbed back up to 7th once they got those guys back healthy, but um yeah, I think the inconsistency with Kyrie Irving is just something that you you can't bank a lot of money on. Um, there's no, there's no question that Kyrie is probably one of the best. Someone who should have been on that NBA 75 list. And um, when he's playing, is one of the best uh, point guards in the the NBA. Uh, but that's the thing is, is 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 when he's playing and if he's playing and we don't know we don't know when or if he's playing. And Ben Simmons just doesn't play at all. So um, I'm sure next season will come around. And if like, I all right, Ben, opening night in Philly, he's gonna be like, oh, spasms. Uh, uh, <laughs> Back's tightening up again, guys. I don't think I can play, so. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about, before we leave, one guy who actually does play. Um, he uh, it's going to be probably one of the biggest free agents in this offseason, is Zach Levine. And you'd think, you know, it would be the Lakers or the Nets or New York um, as the teams that are kind of being mentioned. But Portland is supposedly – the Trailblazers are supposedly a front runner for Zach Levine and – Good move for Portland. Is it a good move for Zach Levine? I don't like it for Zach Levine. Um, I would just stay in Chicago at that point. Um, I don't see why you would go. For one, that's a downgrade in city terms, leaving Chicago for Portland. Second, that's also a downgrade in in basketball terms because, I mean, we don't know what this Bulls team is going to be like when they get Lonzo back and they're fully healthy and they get Patrick uh, Williams back, uh, who's a great defender and I think he's going to develop into a really great player. Just just wait it on Chicago another year, man, or or sign like a, a, a shorter term deal if you want. Um but I don't I don't think um Portland like if you're gonna leave for I'm trying to like if you go to Dallas, maybe that makes sense or or something like that, but like Portland, like like that's not much of an upgrade. Like um it's gonna be you and Damian Lillard there pretty much. And I love Dame, but how, how has the Damian Lillard experience worked out there the last few years? I mean, they made one Western Conference finals and they got swept, so If you're focused on a championship, I feel like you got to go. You got to stay in Chicago or go somewhere else. I feel like you got a better shot in Chicago than anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I think. Or than than Portland, I should say. Yeah. I I don't like the move
0: for Levine to Portland. Um, I think if Zach Levine is serious about winning a championship, um, for the moment, just wait um, and wait and see what teams such as the Lakers and the Nets do. Um, If they start clearing out and, like, the Lakers let go of Anthony Davis or they trade Anthony Davis of some sort um, to where it's just LeBron there, maybe you call up LeBron and see if, you you know, you want to play with the Lakers because I think that's a pretty interesting duo of Levine and LeBron. He went to UCLA too. And it would – I think it's a duo that actually might work, Um, LeBron and Levine. I don't see Anthony Davis and LeBron working. I get they had the the bubble championship, but outside of that, um, it just hasn't worked all that well. And then – if the Nets, for example, like we just talked about, if they let go of Kyrie and Ben Simmons, you know they've got a lot of cap space. They still have Kevin Durant. And if you go to the Nets, you're probably in a good position to um, – but it also depends on what Zach Levine wants to do. If Zach Levine you know, wants to get paid, maybe those two teams aren't going to be able to pay him you know, to what Zach Levine would want. Maybe going to somewhere like Portland makes more sense for him. I don't know. But um, – it's definitely going to be interesting to see where Zach Levine ends up. A free agency as, as a whole is always an interesting time because you start seeing like what guys' priorities really are as far as do they need to get paid, do they want to win a championship. Um, sometimes you can't have both. Sometimes you can, and it works out great, but a lot of times you're kind of forced as a player to pick between the two, and um, it's, it definitely leads to being an interesting time And in some uh, dark horse teams that usually nobody talks about always seem to come up in some with some players, so... Uh, maybe the same could be said for Zach Levine. Maybe there's a team that we're not even talking about that's in the running for uh, Zach Levine. We'll, we'll have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all free agency, Like Matt said, is always an interesting time of the year. We got another good one. We got Kyrie, Bradley Beal, and Zach Levine this offseason, just to name a few. So uh, it'll definitely be very interesting to see where everyone ends up or if they end up all staying put. Going to be interesting for sure. You'll hear a lot about it here on the
0: Back and Forth Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning into today's episode. We're back uh, with one more episode to close out the week, uh, per our three episode kind of usual schedule we've been on, yeah. uh, that should be dropping either tomorrow or Friday, one of the two. We'll uh, make sure you guys are the first to know about it when it does drop via our social media platforms. That being at Backforth Podcast on Instagram, Twitter is at Backforth Pod, and of course, make sure you do subscribe to the Back and Forth podcast wherever you get your audio podcast i've been your host stat matt aka matt raftery joined alongside as always by my co-host joey g and we will talk to you guys later on in the week